Hello? One? Two? Is this thing on? Great. What's up? I'm Powerfuse, a retired goblin sapper in Warcraft Arclight Rumble. Someone paid me to tell you about this channel, Arclight Insights, and I never say no to money. These guys have podcasts, guides, interviews, PvP tournaments, you name it. <laughs> You've got what you need here. All those marvelous creations are engineered by the folks at the explosive Prisoners of War Guild. So, if you like their mumbo jumbo, subscribe to the channel. <laughs> I did. I might even like it. Well, gotta go. Time is money, friend. Keep it real. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Arclight Insights. This is episode eight. I'll be your host today, Tap Snap. I'm joined by Spanner, Gora, and Trixie. Toasty is still in Canada with his school stuff. We hope he's doing good. Uh, we've been seeing some pictures. We hope to have him back shortly. Uh, we have some exciting stuff happening today. We're going to go over our top picks for minis that can work in pretty much any deck that you might want to aim for when you're starting the game. Uh, but before that, uh, let's see how everybody's doing. Gora, how has your week been? Yeah, my week's been pretty good. Been busy at work. Overall, overall pretty good. Uh, winter here in Australia. We've gone back, actually, funny enough, into more wet weather, even though we're coming out of winter now. So, But the rain's been good because it was a bit dry last month. And uh, Trixie, how's your week been? Pretty good, too. You know, nice and busy. It's still summer here in Florida, as, you know, the three summers we have. Um, it rains every day. I'd love to trade some snow for some rain if you uh if you're up for it. But yeah, very very good. Hope Toasty's not a uh, drowning maple syrup, but you know, that's probably probably the main thing to do there in Canada. How about you, Spanner? Yeah, it's been a great week. Mm. Uh been busy with the with things related with the game, uh, guild and uh, streams and and all that. Been entertained watching Tops stream, uh, following his his guides and all the good stuff, the tier lists. Also seeing some people more joining the guild, filling up those applications. Really good to see that uh, even though not, not much going on, people are interested in the guild and joining. And uh, yeah, so I'm very excited about today's uh, episode because uh, it's, it's very useful for people to, when they start to play the game, to don't waste their gold resources and actually invest in units that can be used across the board in many other leaders. Uh, my week has been going pretty well. I do have a paper to write today. Uh, not looking forward to that. But overall, everything's been going great on my side. Uh, less stressful at work, at least. So we're going to start out by uh, talking about something that popped up on my stream. Uh, the other day that Spanner kind of pointed out. I ended up picking up an iPad mini because I didn't want people that when people call me, I didn't want them to show up on stream and interrupt the stream. So I ended up buying the iPad mini. And during the stream the other day, we actually Spanner noticed that it looked a little bit bigger. And I just thought it was because of the conversion from the iPad to my computer. But he actually had a picture and compared the two. 
what did you find spanner what what did you notice okay so i did a bit of just a uh, juxtaposition sorry that's a hard word to pronounce there and uh, i could um put this, the same size and i uh, i put the mobile image as an overlay over the top stream and i and we could see maybe an extra 10 15% of the screen to the sides and uh, for example in the image that we compared uh, you could actually clearly see an a tower on uh, on the ipad's uh, screen but that tower would not be in the picture at all on the phone so okay this is a slow game and uh, we have time to think and there's the gold regeneration speed is kind of static but it still gives you a massive advantage if you can see more of the map than than the opponents so this is might be huge for pvp if people uh, if people are using ipads as opposed to mobile phones especially if the co-op maps are will be wider because you can see a bit more of what's happening in the map and uh, also in terms of uh, for the content creators out there it's uh, i have to confess top snap screen will look way better than mine because everything looks so much better on in the on the eyes just for the fact that it was a bit wider and it's wider not because it's stretched it's actually wider as you can see more yeah and i found that really cool and uh, i'm going to be honest i'm considering to to get an ipad as well just to uh, to 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 be able to do that what do you guys think it's definitely a competitive advantage in pvp just for the fact that you can just like you said you can see more i wonder if that's i wonder how you would fix that without making it look horrible on a bigger ipad just would you force the stress stretch on the screen itself or just add a black bar maybe so Seems for you guys that don't that haven't seen the picture i posted it in the podcast uh chat so you can actually see the difference yeah i, I remember briefly looking at it it's it's not massive but any any advantage is still you know a, a reason to get an ipad over a phone which is very concerning that i guess that they allow it to go through or if it gets worse in any way yeah, so as you can see there, I put like the image on top of this, the, the part <clears throat> within the red lights. I'm going to try to put this as well on the video. The part within the red lights is actually the image of the phone put over the bottom. As you can see there on the right side, it fits uh, quite well, like the, the position of the, the elements, like that tree trunk and everything. And uh, it's quite a big difference like that. Like you, if that tower, for example, on the right side, uh, was being taken over. Uh, let's say you are playing blue there, yeah. If that tower was sneakily being taken over by the opponent, if you weren't really paying attention to the red flashing bits on the map, or you wouldn't know. So the fact that you can see that it straight away uh, makes it a bit easier for you mentally to keep track on what's going on on the map. So I think it's a decent advantage. Obviously, we are supposed to be scrolling about as we play. But let's be honest, like if you are pay playing more casually or if you are tired or or whatever, it will benefit your gameplay, I believe. And that's all good. Like I don't see a problem with that. I don't see it as something they need to fix. I'm I'm just pointing out that if you have the ability to uh play on iPads, probably you should consider it because it's 
you might have a little bit of an easier time. It's probably just not iPad. It's probably tablets in general. So don't go yeah, running yeah, out yeah, to yeah. buy a seven hundred dollars yeah, 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 tablet. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's more more to do with tablet than actually iPad, yeah. So uh, Gora and I were actually talking a little bit about this before the stream started. And I actually noticed holding iPad mini uh, allows me to use both thumbs a lot more easier, where I can scroll with both thumbs, I can drop minis with both thumbs, where with my phone, I felt a lot more cramped. I had to hold, my hands were a lot closer together. So I actually, it feels a lot smoother on a small tablet. Imagine this on an Apple TV. I wonder if it would stretch the entire map. Oh my god! How would you play it on an Apple TV though? Does it have a remote for the Apple TV where you can use the remote as a pointer? Uh, I believe some remotes have some kind of janky, like you can use like a uh, directional buttons on there as for a janky mouse. Okay, my my TV, I've got an LG, and um, if you point the remote at the screen, it's able to track the direction of the remote and act sort of like a mouse pointer. You just see the entire map, but just be slow to do anything. Is it worth it? But it would be hard to be precise with that system. So what happens if you just had a giant touchscreen TV? Or a touchscreen monitor. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, that that's what I was getting at. That will be different, yeah. That will be nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was also thinking, uh, when me and Tap were talking earlier, having a larger screen would make it easier to see what is underneath your finger when you're deploying your minis. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And we also talked about you can actually see what's being played. Like on my phone, there's some times where I'm not exactly sure what is there sometimes if I'm scrolling around real quick. On the iPad or the tablet, it's you you actually see what's going on. They're, the minute minis are a bigger scale because the screen's bigger. And that obviously leads to anyone that has any sort of visual impairment um having a bigger screen would just make it a lot easier for them to be able to see the game and play it yeah for sure all right yeah that was just uh something interesting i kind of threw in there i don't think i really brought that up before the podcast to you guys but i thought that was interesting we could throw in there moving on the the, the, you know the the side tangent part of the podcast is required at a random interval you never know when it's going to happen (laughs) <laughs> yeah, keep you guys on your toes. So um, our main topic for today is we, we kind of want to go over uh, each of our lists for newer players of minis that could fit in multiple types of leaders that are going to be worth buying and you're going to be using them over time instead of just buying a unit and then it just sits there and you're you wasted gold on it and kind of sits off to the side. So we made a list based off our play styles and what we see could be used in multiple different types of uh, leader decks. Since Gore has been playing the longest, I let's get your opinion first on this subject. All right. So my list is based on also the talents that come with 
them for some of them, uh, for some of the minis. Uh, others are just don't really need a talent. The talents just increase their potency even further, whereas like other talents are kind of required for my playstyle on how I'd want to use these minis. So my list consists of the Firehammer, which is a single target fast attacking elemental ranged damage dealer who is great for taking down flying units and high health bosses. Um, she works well without her talents and is increased with her talents. So one talent increases her damage against flying minis by 50%, which is really great for those few minis, oh, sorry, the few missions where there's a flying boss to kill. And the other talent allows her Fury stacks to stack an additional two times, taking it from three to five, uh, which just works well overall for all situations. My next pick is the Welp Eggs. They are a unbound three gold cost mini where you spawn three eggs, and when the egg is attacked, a uh, Welp spawns out of it. The Welp has a melee ranged AoE fireball attack, and they work okay baseline, but where they really shine is with their talent. Uh, with their talent rookery, so they deploy with an extra one egg, and when one egg hatches, the other hatches immediately. This takes them from like a B tier to an S tier, in my opinion. Uh, this is, uh, actually allows them to counter quite a few ranged units, which is really helpful. Um, they work well against single target damaging ranged units as long as you deploy the eggs on top of the ranged unit so they don't have any travel time before attacking. Uh, following on is the Pyromancer. The Pyromancer is a three gold cost ranged AoE damage dealer and the DPS that the Pyromancer does for their gold cost is just pretty much unrivaled in my opinion in the game. Um, she does have two talents. Uh, one increases her cast time by 25%, but she does 50% more damage. This is situational, in my opinion. And if you use it, it's really handy to have like Bloodlust or some other buff like that to increase her attack to counter the slower cast speed. Uh, the other talent increases the AoE blast radius of her attack by two times. Uh, this is actually quite amazing when you play with it as it hits a lot of targets uh, behind uh, the front line or around towers when the AI or player deploys minis to try and protect their tower. Uh, my next pick is the uh, Shaman. Uh, the Shaman is one of two healers in the game and is the only healer that you can play in any comp. The other Healer is Tyrion, who is a faction leader. Um, the Shaman brings two talents. Uh, one provides a armor buff to a single unit one time and has one charge per Shaman to any deployer. Uh, this is really good for deploying with a tank which doesn't have armored baseline. So like Drac has resistance and then you can give him armor as well. So he's taking 50% less damage from all sources then. 
Um, same goes with like fire elemental or core hounds. The problem with the core hounds though is it only buffs one of two of them. So you hope that the tower will then attack the target, the core hound with the armor buff. But overall, really strong, great for keeping your high gold cost minis alive. Uh, next one is core hounds, probably the best overall tank as they can res each other. Uh, there is a few ways to counter core hounds with main one being the banshee. Uh, but they're available in, I'd say, most situations where you need a nice strong frontline tank. And they also do quite a bit of damage with their guard dog talent. Uh, my final pick is uh, a spell. And the spell I went with is Blizzard. It does good damage. It CCs enemy minis, bosses, um, so they attack a lot slower. Now, this can be quite useful for some bosses. Uh, one in particular I can think of is there's a raptor boss and the raptor does an insane amount of single target damage. And so you need quite a few minis at the raptor so they each take a hit or two before dying. Uh, Blizzard just nullifies that damage output by the raptor. Insane. Like it slows down their attack speed by like two times or something it's pretty crazy so that's my top picks we'll go to Tapsap next for his list hey gora thank you um do agree with a lot of your list especially the core hounds i do have them as well i've been playing with them pretty much as the only tank but i also do like the footmen for their extra health for people that don't know i run a, a heal heavy build so I do play Tyrion and Shaman. So with the core hounds, uh, with their res and my healing, they they just don't die. Uh, footmen with the extra health, I can I can keep them alive for a long time as well. And the footmen counter different things like the banshee, and the the banshee will take one of them, and then I still have three. Uh, it it's not as a biggest hit the banshee taking the core hounds. Both those tanks are very good in any any type of deck. I think they're the two staple uh, tanks at the moment. For my third, the shaman. Uh, the shaman can be put in any deck, kind of like Gora was saying. They got heals. They have range. They take take out flying. They have two different talents. One to put on armor, the other one to hit multiple flying targets, which I used in quite a few different maps where uh, we have spider eggs or whelp eggs or whelps flying around. They, they're they great support. They can heal and take care of these little small minions that are flying around, vultures, etc. One that I didn't put into just recently is the Ogre Mage. Um, playing through my playthrough, uh, Ogre Mage has done some work, uh, especially with the Bloodlust. It puts on a, a target. If you have the right target near it, the Bloodlust becomes huge. Uh, but the Ogre Mage can has really decent range, and it can take out flying and ground, and it's an AoE. So whatever target it hits, it does AoE around it. I find it very strong. Uh, it it is five gold, so it does cost a lot. But for, I've been finding that it's very very good, and can be put in many different decks. 
for a flying unit, I like the Drake. I'm uh, I'm a big Dragon fan. I, the Drake did a lot of work uh, all the way up through leveling for PVE. I ended up taking the Drake out due to the Valor slot that I ended up getting, and I had to take the Drake out. I really didn't want to. Uh, I think he's very strong. Uh, I wish I could still keep him in my deck and get the extra levels from the Valor, but at this time, I, I just can't afford losing three levels to add the Drake. And for the spell, I also choose Blizzard. Um, Blizzard has... I, I had a Holy Nova in my deck for a long time because of heal-heavy build. I thought that would be another heal that could keep... But it was just pretty much overkill and it was stuck in my hand. So I think Spanner talked me into using Blizzard and I was able to progress pretty quickly with the Blizzard because I could freeze enemies and take out uh, some of the smaller, the mid-range enemies pretty quickly. Overall, I think any of these units would be good in many different decks, and w you wouldn't be wasting any gold on them. Trixie, uh, let's hear your list. Uh, my list also contains some that we've uh, briefly discussed from the past two people. Uh, Whelp Eggs with Rookery is just fantastic. Um, all popping out at once. The the damage pretty much can take down just about any melee unit before it gets out of range. Uh, depending on the map, I've even had them take out the Molten Giant just thanks to a little positioning. Just a really, really solid unit for its cost and the fact that, again, it, it is unbound. Uh, Core Hounds, we've all spoken about those already. You know, just another solid all-around unit. Uh, one different one I'll throw in. And this is more for the PvE side and not the PvP side, but Meat Wagon with the Filet Tribuchet. The little extra range um, can be really very... I, I don't want to use the word abused, but some of the AI isn't exactly the brightest, so you can position the Trebuchet in certain spots. So it'll hit them, the bosses you're fighting, just out of range. They just sit there and just slowly die, and they can't do anything about it. Certain maps, you can, again, abuse the range to hit other units. Um, other than that, I also fire hammer, but blazing speed, maybe even with an ogre mage eye, is just really strong, can really just melt down units. Um Ogre Mage with the Frost Firebolt is what I've been liking to run. I think the Frost mechanic is a little underrated. The attack, like you said, with, or, uh, I'm sorry. Like Gora said, wait, was it, oh, sorry, I want to re-record this. Was it Gora or you that said the Blizzard? We both did. No, for the Raptor. Who, who brought the me. Raptor? Okay, Man. my bad. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll do that again, my bad. But yeah, the Ogre Mage with, like, the Frost talent makes fights like the Raptor trivial. It's essentially a free Blizzard or any unit really in general that can uh, bring frost. I, I run a lot of Baron, so I actually really like the Huntress since they're both pretty fast and strong units. Uh, the Huntress, I like both her talents actually, depending on what map or what you're doing. I run a bunch of frost units, so the Crystal Glaive is nice for the additional damage against the frozen and frosted units. 
but also again, depending on the map, having an ex- several extra bounces can be very nice and help really thin out massive waves you're coming against. What about you, what do you Spanner? What do you think? So I agree with the units that were mentioned by the other hosts. I think they're all really, really good suggestions. Uh, but sadly, we can only place six here. Otherwise, I would have like at least of like 12 versatile hybrid units. I was also, by the way, from all the units mentioned earlier, like there was like Corehound and, and uh, Firehammer would were quite good as as well but uh, the six i included here was blizzard i think blizzard is uh blizzard is a game changer in uh, most decks because you you can use it offensively and defensively you can use it as a slow it has the frost effect on opponents uh it it helps you clear a lot of pve maps and uh it's wonderful in pvp that is uh, if at four cost it is not high enough that you cannot include it on in more cycle decks. Uh, it helps you tremendously to deal with unbound uh, decks trying to beat you in PvP. So it's just a, it's just too good of a spell to to uh, not be able to use it in every day. Uh, Harpies, Harpies is a unit that came on my radar quite recently. Harpies with the mining talents, you can use it for a. Quite a good advantage in both PV and PvP with any deck because uh, gold generation is always useful no matter what. And um, the thing with the harpies is four gold cost can mine. It kind of oh, it's not that exciting. But the thing is, it will allow you to collect a lot of gold that you otherwise wouldn't. Uh, they are very fast, so they are able to come and join join the other units in the front for a bit of support very quickly and they also uh, have the ability to deny the opponent to get those gold resources for example in pvp you can for example open by placing the uh, harpies going like to go over the bridge for example in that map which uh, in some t- situations they will be countered but in most they won't and straight away you have like you start the pvp match on the right foot with the uh, units already there putting some pressure ahead probably even getting rid of a cobalt from the opponent so that's an extra one gold uh, deficit that you get there uh, to your advantage in this case so i think harpies can fit everywhere once again with the three gold untalented or four gold talented it's not going to completely break if you are using on a lower cost deck a great support if you have a tank and the harpies doing their job um, there and uh, undetected by the opponent well pegs it's just also another great offensive and defensive tool work great with the uh, uh, units like drakisaf as the leader with that extra elemental damage uh, it does wonders in pvp and pve uh only three costs like honestly do yourself a, a favor and level your well pegs because i don't think you will regret it unless they make big changes Banshee, nobody mentioned yet, and I kind of like, I was a bit surprised in a way because Banshee is a game changer. Like, if you if you take over a, a six gold uh, cost unit from the from the opponent in PvP or let's say a molten giant in PvE, straight away you are up by eight gold because you not only eliminated six gold from the opponent, but you got a six gold unit by spending four gold. So that will 
pretty much change the tide of events if you can do that. Obviously, the risk there is that if you time the Banshee badly, then it means you will lose four gold. But assuming that the player has the the skills and awareness and the knowledge about the uh, the damage incoming. This will be a really, really good unit to fit in pretty much every deck because it's also also for gold. So even if you're using a cycle hogger or a chalga unbound units, you could very easily have a bungee. So if you have something like a, a rand or or a drakisaf or or core hounds coming towards your base, you can bungee them, and it gives you a lot more time than to to do the job on the other side. Shaman. Uh, is the most effective known leader unit in the game in terms of healing. So four gold cost, still applicable to every deck. Shaman is really, really good. The other day I played a PvP match and somebody put a Shaman behind a, a Gromash and I can tell you that it was very, very hard to take that Gromash down. Even though there is a perceived idea that Shaman healing is kind of weak and damaged, the reality it it makes a big big difference and that that healing can go a long way if the units are placed in the right uh, place and finally pyromancer pyromancer is only three gold cost and it does aoe damage and with the talent has a huge splash area so i don't see a deck where this wouldn't be useful three gold cost you can uh, you can you can uh, fight um, flying units you can stop those uh, big pushes by like barons and like peop, uh, units trying to overwhelm your base. The range is pretty decent. It's not the biggest in the game, but it's pretty decent for you to place the pyromancer most of the times in a safe spot. And if the if he gets killed very quickly, you wasted three gold. I mean, it could be way worse. So I I think Pyromancer is probably one of the highest value per gold cost units in the game, at least in the way I see it. That's the way I see it, and uh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> All right, so this is what we, based on our play styles, believe is the most bang for your buck starting the game. Um, we also did a tier list, which we also have up on the YouTube channel, two parts spanner does the first part i do the second but we also have a lot of guildmates that are in the chat giving their opinions are in the channel voice chat giving their opinions and also in the stream themselves we have people giving their opinions and we took their grading as well and did an average so this is before uh, the game resets before beta's over this is what we think the units will be placed at in a tier list. And once the game is released and there more content comes out, well, we'll, we'll do that again because definitely a lot of that will change uh, once more units uh, get played, especially those units that we ranked really kind of low. There might be a player out there that might find uh, them units to be strong in certain decks and they might shoot up a little bit a few tiers. So please go check that out. For all those listening in audio format, uh, we did a scoring based on for our four combined scores. So Welp Eggs, Blizzard, and Core Hounds, uh, three of the four of us all agree that they're a really good bang for your buck starting out, followed by Pyromancer, Shammy, and 
uh, Shaman and Firehammer with two. Those six are what we believe as just us four. It's not like a, a community, but all of us have been playing for quite some time, and we believe these six units will give you the most bang for your buck while leveling through PvE, and you're going to be using them in multiple leaders and multiple decks. Do you guys uh, do you guys agree with that? That the, these six units are probably the ones that are going to be used the most uh, leveling through PvE? Oh, definitely. There's just really not many flaws to running them. You're like, they're, the, the physical damage is a little low, but a leader can fix that. There's really nothing else wrong with it besides that. It's a very solid team. A little expensive to run. I think the whelps are the cheapest at three. Everyone else is a little more pricey, but and, uh, your, your cobalt our, can fix that. Yeah, everything's sitting at like four. <laughs> yeah, if you want some physical damage, I would take Huntress for AoE or the Darkspear Troll for single target. Yeah, it looks. I, f- I think if you just use this six units as a starting point, try to target them. I think, uh, and then combine with three or four more uh, to cover the what's missing, like as mentioned here with the physical damage and uh, maybe some other niche things like Gould's collection, uh, a different kind of tank like the Footman there, like mentioned before. I think you could probably, like with 10, 12 units, you could pretty much fill up every deck in the game if you just, like, bear in mind Valor slots and trades and everything. I think you could get away with it without having to be leveling more than, like, 12 units, I say. Yeah, I think you want two, at least two different type of tanks. You want, like, say, Footman for just four units. So... If like there's a Banshee in play, only one of four is taken over. Where if you have like Core Hounds or a bottom uh, like Molten Giant or Abomination, which are single target high health tanks, like that's kind of cripples your push. And Core Hounds uh, can't res obviously once one of them is taken over by Banshee. Let's say if you had the Drakisav deck with these units and you replaced the Core hounds take them out and stick footmen. Well, then you will have the footmen with the uh, armored and resistance next to drag. I assume that he would use the actually the AOE uh, talent with the shaman because the f- the footmen are already armored, and I think you ah. will you will do extra damage being next to drag itself. So this will be I think one of the situations where it probably be worth to use the damage on the shaman. What do you think? If you drop Drac and then the Shaman, then Drac also has resistance and armored. Yeah, that's true. If the Shaman has the armor talent. That's true. Yeah, if you drop Shaman right behind Drac, it's well worth it. Yeah, I agree with you. You want to keep Drac alive after all. He's buffing everyone else. So we just discussed the, the top units that we would choose to start the game most gold efficient and would be played. We also have an opinion on the bottom uh, three units that it's you'd be just wasting gold on. For me, I'm gonna say spiderlings, chickens, and vultures. I know they're all beasts. I, I I just don't ever see myself playing any of those three. And if I did, it would 
probably be the spiderlings just in a cold blizzard type of poison deck, frost poison type of build, just for fun. But I don't see any of those three being competitive or worth spending money on. Banner, do you agree? Or what's your three? My three are smoke bomb, chickens, and vultures. Chickens and vultures, because they are way too squishy. Sometimes they can die to just to the wind of the arrows of the towers passing near them. And the uh, smoke bomb, I know I can eat my words because somebody out there might make a build where smoke bomb is just gonna be a game changer and allow you to beat things and kill players and everything. But I haven't seen it so far. The because if there's any AoE, you can you can still die with a smoke bomb. Like let's say I see your your units are smoke bomb. I will still put a, a blizzard on top of you. Or maybe that is a drake that is nearby and there is something else that is not smoke bomb and he just shoots a breath and he's gonna hit your units anyway. Or like I, I think it, it's it doesn't really it's so so situational that I don't see the point. Of course it's very cheap, it's only one gold, but uh let's be honest. Unless you are like the a genius that come up with really good ideas or you are the most skilled player ever, I don't think this is worth to take a slot in your deck. And uh, I think the Spiderlings just stop. I, f I think he, you might be kind of underrating them a bit because uh, Poison and, and Frost have a lot of merits. But yes, uh, in a way they are quite squishy. So I understand the way you think there. What about you, Trixie? I will also join the Vulture hate crew. Just... Not that good of a unit. My other two are a little different probably than anyone else is going to say, and they're two very different reasons. I really don't like the ghoul. And the main reason is it has very janky AI, which I've brought up even in my good tier list of why I picked units because things have bad, you know, AI. I, I've tried running the ghoul a couple of times, and it sometimes it doesn't want to eat. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it'll prioritize eating over hitting the unit with just one health. I, I mean, I realize that's coded that way probably for a specific reason my other one is actually going to be the harvest golem it's not horrible but it runs into a weird issue is i've never had it revive and do anything it feels like in the time it takes it to revive and get back up it's already just been killed again and it's hurt more than helped because now it's you know given the enemy units a half a second to regroup and get to a little better position and come in me unless I have an AOE spell or AOE unit, I'm just gonna get rolled over in a flood. But yes, we can we can all agree vultures suck. Uh, what do you <laughs> think, Gora? Well, would it be a surprise to anyone if I said uh, vultures and chickens? Probably not. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean vultures and chickens. You sneeze in the general direction, and there's not even a feather left. Anyway, AOE ability will take them out. Any spell. Uh, damaging spell will take them out. Even Holy Nova will take them out, I believe. Like, they do work against single target, like um, tanks, for example. But you can counter that really easily just by playing any ranged unit behind them. Even Murlocs will do a great job of taking out chickens and vultures if they're protected by any tank at the front. Final one... Uh, for my pick of three is actually Smoke Bomb. Um, it just seems... I'm sure there'll be a unique niche use for it. But, yeah. 
I think I'd rather my units to fight and win than to sneak past the enemy uh, line and then you're left having to defend your base against the enemy forces while your forces attack the enemy base. Uh, could be fun in PvP, may maybe, and could be a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I don't see a great use for Smoke Bomb. We're going to watch the next PvP tournament, and first place is going to get some left field win just with a smoke bomb chicken vulture team just <laughs> somehow just overwhelm and we're just gonna be like well we're dumb uh, I've, I've got I'm... i've got the next matter chickens <laughs> and vultures you smoke bomb them you get them to mingle with the enemy um troops like deployed minis and then you drop a cheat death on top of them and they just claw everything to death while being unkillable. With the bloodlust talent as well. From the Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the bloodlust. And then they all die. But you've yeah. only spent, like, what? Uh, one gold for vultures, one gold for chickens, one gold for smoke bombs. So that's three. And then what's the cheat death? Three? Three gold? Uh, yeah. Think of the value. Yeah, six gold. <laughs> the value. It's right, who wants to bless me in a jewel after this with this build? You know, no, I, I will not place you because if you win, it's going to be the most embarrassing thing ever. Can you imagine? No recording just, allowed. It's just interesting for me because, uh, uh, for example, the ghoul and harvest golem, in my mind, they were some of the best value per gold tanks in the game. But uh, it's, it's interesting to see how people can think so differently that... Uh, for Trixie, they are really not that good, and uh, and I actually rated them. Trixie, can I ask you if you if gold cost uh, six gold, but had triple the HP, and triple the dam damage, and kept the cannibalized trait, would you consider that is actually now a good unit? Yeah, I think just the aggressive amount of health that would give it with its ability to cannibalize, I think it would be better just because it would be such a high level tank, much like Molten Giant. Maybe, Yeah, that's maybe a good way to think of it. If it was stronger across the board, it would be worth more. But right now, it just, with its AI, it just can be falled too quickly. Okay. But if it had time to do more, then yeah, that could work. That's a, an interesting way to look at it. Now, okay. I, now I just want a six cost chicken squad of like 30 chickens. <laughs> Where oh, one chain lightning takes them all out too. <laughs> <laughs> that would look cool. By the way, people listening to the podcast, uh, watching, uh, we are not saying do not buy these uh, units. We are saying do some proper research before you invest your gold buying these units. Because we might turn up that they get buffed and suddenly they are really strong. So, but just be very cautious before you are spending your gold, because when there are other options out there. Yes, this is our opinions, and we are, you know, yeah. allowed to have a wrong opinion. Yeah, and it is our right. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. Oh yeah, every day I'm wrong several times. <laughs> so we had a pretty well-rounded conversation today about. Uh, the troops we would buy, the troops we wouldn't buy. Going forward, we, we have tons and tons of ideas for future podcasts, uh, but we're always looking for more. 
some of the ideas we have are going over community uh, contest events and giveaways, which we'll bring up as uh, we'll bring up later on as we're still continuing to talk about different ideas for giveaways and such. Also, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, tips, tricks, and different strategies for newer players starting out, uh, different ways to level, going through PvE content, what to buy, things along that line. Not just troops, but actual uh, money purchases that we believe that are, are worth it. Please like, subscribe, follow to our channel. And also, Spanner and I both stream, so if you want to check us out on Twitch at TapSnap and Arclight Insights. I, w- I thank everybody for uh, joining us today. I'll give it to uh, Trixie to say his goodbyes. Thanks, Tap. Yeah, it was really, really fun today. Now that we have our, our opinions, we know what we each agree with and that birds apparently really suck. Uh, looking forward to next week and hope everyone has a really good weekend. So what, do you, uh, what do you think, Spanner? Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast today. Uh, I think this is a very useful discussion we had. I would just like to give a shout out to Tapsnap, the host today. I think he, it is, if there was an award for the content creator of the week for the community, he will be the winner 100% sure this week. He put out so much content to help people out there. So please, please, if you follow this game, do yourself a favor and follow on Twitch Tapsnap85 because he's putting valuable content out there to help everyone. So. Make sure you support him because he, he truly deserves it. What about you, um, Gora? Yeah, just thanks again, everyone, for tuning in and listening, watching. And hopefully this was an interesting, thought-provoking and helpful discussion. I think next time we'll have to do talents, but I think we might wait for when all the talents have been introduced into the game before we do that list. We'll have a final sign-off from TapSnap. Again, Thank you all for uh, tuning in today. We have so much to look forward to and talk about in the future. We're excited for the new beta invites that will be going out. The game is actually starting to get get exciting with all the, the updates and stuff we are seeing. So keep tuning in because there's a lot more information coming out. And uh, we are the one-stop shop for everything Warcraft Arc-like Rumble. So thank you for joining us. Have a good day. Created on the 8th of May 2022, the Guild Prisoners of War is a force in the Arc-like Rumble community. We have a solid structure in place, with the roles of Chieftains, Taskmasters, Elders, and Wolf Riders. Our Discord is always active and our members are friendly, competitive, and knowledgeable. We will always challenge ourselves to compete in all content types in the game. If you think you got what it takes to be one of us, apply to our Guild today. All the information you need is available in this episode or in the general podcast descriptions. We are looking forward to having you with us on the battlefield.